Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to another episode of Excess Gaming Podcast. We're feeling fine on episode 149. I'm one of your hosts, Xander Scullion, and join with me is the postmaster, Mr. James Grusome. What's up, James? Yeah, Christmas time is here. I'd sing it like the peanuts, but I just can't get that high right now. I'm too gravelly and tired, but uh, tis the season, as they say, and I mm-hmm. hope you all aren't banging your head against a wall like i am as, uh, <laughs> things are just going crazy i'm sure at many people's jobs especially at mine uh things are just going crazy but we're trying to just make it through this month we're trying to make it through this year and uh just see what it holds but i hope you all are doing well no matter you know what job or what you're doing right now i hope you're good indeed indeed and i do have a special announcement today is the 6th of december that we're recording this and I want to wish my girlfriend, Kimberly, I want to wish her a very happy birthday. She's at work right now. And I told her, I was like, I want to tell everyone on the podcast that it's your birthday. But yet, the day is her birthday. And also, uh, you know, rest in peace, Awada. It's also his birthday as well, which is ironic that we're going to be talking about the GameCube in this episode. Yeah. Happy birthday. Somebody, was it Was it a Chris Aubin's birthday, too? Yes. I, uh, I saw it. Yeah. Lots of happy birthday happy all the way from too. Canada. Indeed, indeed, and yeah, we've had we've had a couple of uh, gaming news things happen. I think one of the most exciting things that I wanted to talk about is with the Xbox Series X, a YouTuber named Modern Vintage Gamer, really good channel, has shown that the Xbox Series S has developer mode that you can boot a variety of emulators, including supporting PS2, Dreamcast, GameCube, and Wii games. That's freaking crazy yeah it is I've, I've kind of been out on the loop of like many things that my uh brother had sent me a text about that and like i'd find after like a day or so i got a chance to look at it and i was like huh and then i started hearing more about it and i'm like man that's just it's really cool you know because because we do support you know emulation and mm-hmm. things like that for a lot of these systems and then have that on a newer one you yeah know? and you and almost part of me is a little bit leery like how like how long is that going to stay around? Like, is that going to be able to stay on there? Are there any legal issues? Is something well, going to happen? I was going to say, apparently, you could do it on the Xbox One as well. Like, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Um, I don't know what the emulation would be on, you know, the last gen, like Xbox One. You know, uh, Xbox One X is probably the best bet if you're going to do a lot of emulation on it because it's a more powerful console. But I'm wondering if this is going to, you know, kind of sway people towards the Series X. I, I know for me personally, uh, it seemed a little bit more attractive when I was thinking about, it. I'm like, oh, you know, if I get a Series X, I can also emulate PS2, Dreamcast, and GameCube, and Wii games, which, I mean, I can do right now. But, you know, once you get into the emulation and once you get into that sort of thing, like, the more you can use those resources on other platforms, the better. Like you know, because yeah. you know, I can use my phone to emulate. I, I use my Amazon uh, Fire tablet for emulation when I'm at work. I got like a, some PS1 games on it and Dreamcast games, and of course I have the Pi and my modded Wii U. Um, but I, I just, and I, of course my PC. I just love to have all these options to play the games that I grew up with, and having like all in one. Like you figure like. Uh, next gen or current gen, whatever gen it is, <laughs> system, you know, that has that. Because lots of times, like, mostly I like to think it's like what I want and what most people want is like 
anything we can cram into one thing mm-hmm. without having to switch a wire or unplug something because we've all got a million things plugged in the back of the TV and that giant outlet and you're running out of room. Like the more you can have just in one area, like truly is awesome. And it kind of makes sense because when you think about it, you know, the original Xbox, that was the one that always got modified. You know, mine, yep. that was my original thing that had all the ROMs and everything on it. Um, you took it to the flea market, you know, dudes hooked you up for, I don't know if it was like 50 bucks or 100 bucks back then. I mean, it was, it was a great, either way, it was a great deal back then. And um, like mine could even play Sega CD games. You could pop mm-hmm. them in the disk drive. Um, so that was like, you know, the, the original, like older system that could do so much. So it really just kind of makes sense and falls into place, you know, that like it's, it's still doing that now. And, you know, I would think too, you know, that would be kind of attractive, you know, to some people if, you know, if you can get one, I mean, we all know they'll be available at some point right now. It's a little tough and I'm sure it's a little sad if you can't get one at Christmas time you know but uh you know hopefully there'll be an influx i just yeah i just always want people to be happy and get the christmas gifts that you know they'd like on that day yeah i mean of course right now with the holiday season uh the ps5 and series x especially the ps5 is having a huge issue with uh scalpers um I, I read an article i tried to see if i could find it so i could find out what retailer it was but apparently a retailer saw that someone was bragging that they bought like a thousand series X's or something like that to scalp and they like canceled the whole transaction. Uh, so that was, that was, that was awesome. But I mean, like the, the way I look at scalping is, you know, be patient. Do not be one of those people that spend, you know, $1,200 for a console just because you want to make little Timmy happy or something like that, because that's why we have scalping. We have scalping because if you go on eBay and you look at the sold prices, it shows how much they sold for. And, and granted, some of these consoles that sold for 1200 could be someone who's combating scalping by, you know, buying it and then canceling the transaction. They could be doing that, but regardless... The average Joe is going on eBay and seeing that, you know, oh, this PS5 is selling for $3,000 with a couple of games. I'm going to do that, too. Uh, so just don't support it. You know, wait. Uh, get get some more PS4 games for your for your kids or for yourself. Because, I mean, there's plenty of games that have came out in the last two or three years that I know not everyone has had a chance to play. Uh, there's a lot of PS4 games that came out that I still want to play that I haven't played yet, you know? Yeah, and like you said, that's the best thing. It's like just try not to support it. I mean, you know, I, th- I think like if you find one that's maybe like a hundred bucks overpriced, mm-hmm. you know, even two. And if you like, if you really want one and want to spend that, like, I don't think that's you know that bad. Like, it still sucks, but yeah, the people that double the price, it's like please just, it's like don't buy into that. And like, no. just, I wish the these companies would have more of these uh, systems just available for the people because this is a constant problem we run into is the, is the scalping. It's just wrong. Imagine like, imagine if it was a Nintendo console. Like, oh my god, because Nintendo's already like notorious for folks scalping that. Dude, I had a friend of mine. He was like, he can't find. Uh, he was wanting to get a Switch, and he's like, he can't find one for like yeah. less than. I don't know if he said four. Or Five hundred, which I was like, well, still I'm like they're like three, and once again, that's in that price range. It's not, you know, that bad. Like I said, it's still bad, but you know, and almost like I was even looking at some areas just because like I've been getting lots of overtime lately at work with everything going on, and uh, I've just been, you know, 
spending some money to make myself not so miserable. Um, and I was looking around for, I was like, well, shit, if they got a system, like I might get get one. But of course, you know, there's not one there. So I've just, I've been buying a lot of movies that I'm probably never going to have time to watch till the month is over with. I know you, you actually sent me a movie, uh, after our last episode, I still need to watch it. Outrage. Yes. Uh, the Way of the Yakuza, a movie that you know you've really, really amped up the last couple episodes. I think the last three episodes, your ending uh, when we would finish the episodes, like go watch Outrage. So <laughs> I was showing it to Kimberly. I'm like, oh man, we got to watch this, but we just haven't had the time yet. And, and dude, I understand. Like I said, no offense taken. I just I sent one to you. I sent one to our buddy Ryan. Um, I just I, I want to send a couple out because I knew you both. You guys like the Yak is a game, and like I said, I think it's a it's a great movie because it has a lot of humor and it has a lot of things. Like if you're really into the Yak as a series, like you'll get you, you you'll just get it, you know. And like I said, and the director and one of the stars, you know, he's actually in Yak is a Six. He's one of, yeah. the, one of the smaller bosses in the other town. Um, and you know, he's a, he even had like a Nintendo game like way back. He's uh he's been around you know, for a while, and uh, it's just, it's a great, fun series, and, and one day you'll get a chance to watch it, and I know you'll love it. Yeah, I, I definitely want to watch it before our next episode, because our next episode, I definitely want to get Ryan on, and I'm hoping that Ryan watched it too, so we could just have like a little, you know, step away from some of the game talk just for a second, and kind of talk about outrage, and, and yeah, I think I think folks that are listening who are big yakuza fans i think they would enjoy that too so i think that would be really awesome yeah and like i said i still i highly recommend the actual you know like a dragon the yakuza movie for a video game movie it's directed by katashi Mike. yeah and it's it's a really it's it's great man even like my wife liked it but it's still not like i said to me outrage is is better so maybe even if you've seen like a dragon still check out outrage because like i said it's just it's it's got all the humor it, it, there's a darkness to it and it's just very funny and it's subtitled uh but you know like i said i play a lot of the yakuza games yeah subtitled if i can and uh so it's like i kind of used to it but it's like you can still catch all the humor and everything in it and it's still a great great series i started watching again myself i watched one and two and uh I just I can't find my uh, copy of three because I've only seen three once. I've seen the other ones yeah. multiple times because I really love it. But it's like my three is somewhere in the house, and I'm gonna watch it sometime too. Yeah, and I mean, spe- speaking of movies, uh, great segue by the way because I do have a couple of video game movies to mention. One, I mean, I mentioned a couple episodes ago there is going to be another Yakuza movie. Uh, they pretty much just announced it, and that was it. Uh, mm. But the new Mortal Kombat movie. It looks like it's going to be coming out in 2021. They released the the new image, like the new logo for it. Uh, I think this is going to be, of course, a reboot of the Mortal Kombat movies. Um, It's not going to be tied to the other two. And they also have a lead for Solid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid movie that Sony's putting out. And it's the actor, uh, his name is slipping my mind, but he plays Bo Derek in uh, Star Wars. Or Poe. He plays Poe. And uh, I, I, he would make a great Solid Snake. I saw that, and I'm like, oh, okay. I, I liked him in Star Wars. I, I know he's going to be in Dune soon. Uh, I've still never seen Dune, so I'm not really attached to it too much. But um, I, I'm really excited about that. Also, 
Uh, one more thing with Mortal Kombat, they kind of tied it with the movies, is they have a new DLC for Mortal Kombat 11 called the Movie Pack, which has Raiden, Sonya Blade, and Johnny Cage. They're voiced by the original actors from Mortal Kombat 1, and that's what they look like. So Homeboy, Homeboy is being Raiden again, and he went back and recorded a bunch of new dialogue, and um, it's freaking awesome to see the Highlander back in Mortal Kombat. Very interesting, too. Um, also, you know, with movies, a lot of movies that were scheduled to come out, um, I, I don't know which companies and such, but a lot are not going to the theater. And if you have HBO, uh, HBO Max, they're mm-hmm. going to be going yeah, know, Warner- to HBO Max. They'll be in select uh, theaters if your theaters are open in your area. But if you have HBO, a lot of these first-run movies, man, they're going to be on there and it's not a gimmick you know like disney plus where you got to pay 30 dollars for mulan they're just they're going to be on there like wonder woman is one of them yeah um mortal kombat but i i don't know i want to say i thought i heard it yeah it is too. so is uh godzilla versus king kong which i'm really mm-hmm. excited about i i think i think it's a great little option uh especially for someone like myself who kind of grown out of going to the movie theaters um don't get me wrong, I love the theater experience, but the last couple times I've went to movies, I've just haven't really enjoyed it as much because I've always had someone sit beside me chowing down on popcorn or Italian ice or I have to end up moving or you know you don't want to go like the midnight release show anymore because it's just so packed and people just won't shut up. I kind of like the fact that I have the choice to just get it and watch it on my 4K television in the comfort of my living room. I love yeah, that. I'm with you on that. I know you have a little bit more issues than me as far as like you know the, the people eating. I just I like I hate people talking. Uh, yeah, you know, buddy, of mine, last movie I remember seeing was the Joker, and we had the uh, we were at the very back top. If you're facing the screen, top uh, right, we had like two seats next to each other. I do like the seats being more spaced out in some yeah. of these newer theaters. I, I like that. And like I said, we had our section together. It was just me and my friend. Um, we like I said, we're higher up, a little bit to the side. But um, that I enjoyed. Um, you know, sometimes like daytime movies, if you get a chance to get that's a bit better. Uh, I've been yeah. to theaters before where I was the only one in there, and they actually forgot to turn the movie <laughs> on. Uh, I might have mentioned that before. The, the dude, when I told him, he actually he skipped the previews for me, uh, which that's I awesome. Some people some people like previews, but I was just like, I, and it was like it was Ride to Hell. It was a kind of I think it was a Quentin Tarantino produced. Uh, movie with like one of his buddies used to be in a lot of old biker movies and it was just yeah. it was a biker movie michael madsen dude i was the only one in the theater um and and it was pretty cool but yeah people do just i, I don't know man i just want to go there and watch it and just kind of like shut up like i'm not trying to talk but everybody's so hooked you know to their devices and phones and it's just yeah like it, it's it's troublesome, man. So like, That's... I'm with you. Like, if I can, even if it's a movie I really want to see, I don't even care. Like, if I gotta pay, you know, tw- sometimes even twenty, thirty bucks could be reasonable depending on the movie because it's like, well, you might buy some snacks, exactly. Tickets, the aggravation. It, yeah, like going to the movies. Up. Going to the movies is like such an investment because I mean, you, of course, all of us might sneak a couple of snacks. Let's let's not be coy here, yeah. but still, I mean, like. You're going to go and buy at least two tickets for you and, and whoever you want to go with if you're not going alone. You're, you're going to have to get popcorn. You're going to have to get the big-ass drink. Before you know it, you spend about 50 bucks right there off the spot. So 
30 bucks for a stream, that doesn't really bother me too much. And you were talking about that movie theater experience. It made me think when I saw Force Awakens. I remember I saw Force Awakens at my local movie theater right when they opened. And it was like me and like four other people in the whole in the whole theater watching it. And it was great because all of us didn't say a single word. Nice. When the movie was over, we all just stood up, nodded to each other, and went our separate ways. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was such like an introvert moment for Star Wars fans. <laughs> and that's the way to do it. I mean, at the end of the day, like you can have somebody being aggravating and you might want to say something, and sometimes you can be like, hey, and honestly, the person might not realize they're yeah. being irritating. But then you say it to the wrong person, and you got somebody waiting to fucking beat your ass out in the fucking parking lot. Yeah. It's like, dude, like, I'm, a, I'm 42. Like, I don't want to get in a fight with anybody, <laughs> much less over a movie. Yeah. And it's like, I would be the one that, it's like, honestly, if I get that aggravated, I'm, I'm going to get up, leave, I'm going to go to the counter. I'm going to demand my fucking money back or a free ticket or something, and then I'm just going to go on my way. But at home, like, so you can sit there. You can you can have a drink. You can partake in any activities you like to partake in when you're in your own home. Exactly. You watch the movie, and it's great. And like I said, you might think, hey, 20, 30 bucks, that's a lot. But like we said, no, in the long run, it's not. What, popcorn's yes. 99 cent or less at the grocery store. You're going to yep. be good. Yep. But but yeah, that that's that's really, really interesting and uh I think I think that's about it with the gaming news. I mean a lot of stuff that people have been talking about. Of course they're talking about Cyberpunk uh twenty seventy seven is coming out very soon. Uh I personally I'm excited for those who finally get to play it. I'm probably gonna weigh it out, um, because I'm just I'm I'm playing too much right now. I can't imagine playing Cyberpunk at the moment. <laughs> I'm still I'm yeah. still chipping away at like a dragon right now. Um, just jumping into some new games, like I said, at this point, depending on many people's work schedules like mine, is, um, <laughs> man, it's yeah. it, it's hard to fit the time in sometimes. So it's like I'm just like you. It's like I'm working on stuff I got, stuff I get the time to play. So uh, I'm in no rush. But hey, yeah. the people that are in a rush, I hope you get to play it. I know, and I, I feel so bad because I, I know people personally who have spent all year requesting and de-requesting vacation off because they've just been wanting to have some time off to sit down and play the game. And I'm hoping uh, for those who are listening that are getting Cyberpunk, I hope you guys have enough time to, to really sink into it. I feel like you guys, I feel like all of us deserve that kind of immersion in a game right now with all the stuff going on. I think everyone deserves it. So I'm hoping that it's good. I'm hoping that people enjoy it. And I'm hoping the wait was worth waiting for. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, I do want to mention, guys, if you enjoy this podcast, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. It helps the transparency of the show, helps more people find our show. And uh, also, if you want to listen to archived episodes, you can go on YouTube.com slash Scully and on my YouTube channel, and you can listen to archived episodes on there on my Excess Gaming playlist. Now... Getting into the the main topic of this uh, show, we're going to be talking about the Nintendo GameCube. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, I want to talk about the GameCube. So I like messaged James, and I'm like, hey, you want to talk about the GameCube? He's like, sure. Sounds good. Yeah, and so, sounds fun. <laughs> so, so I'm going to ask you, James, um, what was your first experience with the Nintendo GameCube? Uh, from what I remember, and though this is a, a funny thing, I've actually never owned a GameCube. Hmm? Now, like I, I have GameCube games, and when I play them, I usually I played them on my Wii. 
that yeah. actually never owned the system for some reason. And oh, wow. There's, there's been times where I've, I've seen it and like I've almost thought about picking one up. Like I found just the system one time for it was like 10 bucks. And it's like it didn't have any cables or anything. And I was like, oh, I could get the cables. And it was like, I, I waited when I went back and like it, it was gone, you know. Um, but I, I remember, and I'm still familiar with it because two of my uh, best friends from back in the day that I actually I'm still best friends with, they were the ones that usually got the new Nintendo systems, whether it was the yeah. 64, you know, GameCube came out. They were the two that had the GameCube. So it was either my, my friend Mike, brother EJ. Um, one of them, and like I said, were both when it came out, got it. And it's like, I don't necessarily remember the first game I played on it. I don't know what games they got with it. But um, I definitely played it, you know, with them. I just, I thought the look of the system was great. Um, you know, seeing around that time, systems, you know, like Xbox uh, and GameCube having that four controller ports uh, was really awesome. You know, definitely delving into that multiplayer before we had all the online. You know, it was always multiplayer at home and having all those ports without having to get, you know, an extra uh, addition, you know, to do that like you did with the PlayStation I always thought it was uh, really cool. And um, like I said, it, w- it was different. You know, we had those small discs. To, you know, they yeah. opted out of not having the DVD player. But still, I mean, as far as, like, system look, dude, like, I, I'm honestly, like, I love it. Like, it's so small and compact that's, and even has a handle. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's what I liked about it. My, my experience with the GameCube was actually from my PS2 dying. Uh, my PS2, I had the, the fat PS2, it got where it wasn't reading disc anymore, so I was trying to get rid of it, I ended up taking it to many GameStops, because, I say this because a lot of GameStops were a little smart back then, where they would try all the different discs to see if they would take it, and I had to find a game, I had to find a GameStop where they didn't test out all the discs, I didn't, I didn't care, I just wanted to get rid of it. And, it sounds um, bad, but we all know GameStop rips people off. So yeah, nobody yeah. Nobody cares. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. They're a, they're a multi-million corporation, so it wasn't like I was taking it to a mom-and-pop shop. But yeah. I, I, took, I took it over there, and I got the store credit, and I was going to get another PS2. But I, I was starting to see a lot of stuff from the GameCube. And the funny thing is, is like back then, surprisingly enough, I was kind of falling out of like liking Nintendo uh, because I wasn't a big fan of the N64. I, I didn't really like it that much compared to like the PlayStation because back you didn't then, play wrestling games. Yeah, there, yeah. You? yeah. I, the only time I the only time I played wrestling games is when I went to my friend's house, and I enjoyed those, but. Other than that, I was like really into JRPGs and the PlayStation One and PlayStation Two was like the mecca of that sort of thing. But I, I was I went to a McDonald's and I saw footage of Mario Party. I believe it was Mario Party Six. I can't remember, but I saw footage for it and I'm like, man, that looks like a lot of fun. That's on the GameCube. So I I ended up getting a GameCube at that GameStop and I bought uh, Luigi's Mansion and Resident Evil. And that that that's all it took. I was just like, man, this is freaking amazing. I love I love the fact that it, the the size that it was so small because I used to go to my sister's a lot on the weekends, so I could just you know pack up my GameCube, pick it up like a freaking lunchbox, and go over there and play you know Smash Brothers Melee with my brother in law at the time. We would play until we were like falling asleep, 
And, of course, you know, you had games like Mario Kart Double Dash and Metroid Prime, uh, Eternal Darkness, which was just such a unique experience for any sort of survival horror fan. Also, um, the first M-rated game for Nintendo. Oh, yeah. And, and you, you know, what I was, you know, it was this thing, because I was looking at a list of GameCube games, that there was a time that Resident Evil 4 was exclusive on the Nintendo GameCube. Back. Yeah, it's so I, I weird. The same thing. I like. I looked up a list of you know exclusive GameCube games, you know, to get an idea. And as I was looking, like there was games, and I was like, Man, I didn't see Resident Evil, and I was like, Oh wait, I'm like, that's on everything now. So yeah, exclusive. <laughs> yes, there was a I, time. You think that amazing Resident Evil remake that is on everything now started off on the GameCube, Resident Evil Four, also on every fucking system at this point now. I feel Start like the game off. I Damn. feel like the GameCube was also the first console that had like at the time all the Resident Evils because we had the Resident Evil 1 remake that people now know as the Resident Evil HD remaster. Uh we had that, we had Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3, uh Resident Evil 4 which at the time was exclusive. It was so exclusive that I remember uh our friend Mikey, he had a um, Steelbook. It was a red GameStop exclusive Steelbook for Resident Evil 4 that came with like a picture of Leon. And also um, you had all that on the GameCube. So you had 1 through 4 and Code Veronica. Was Veronica? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Code Veronica <laughs> was also on the GameCube. So it was really interesting that, you know, Nintendo at the time was very, very family friendly. Uh people talk about today like be like, oh Nintendo's like a cutie system, but I mean the Switch the Switch is a huge step up from what the GameCube was. Uh so to have all those games on the GameCube was just wow. That was insane. And going back to Eternal Darkness for a moment, that's a game that so many people still love. And like mm-hmm. it's still cool. Like I went through, played it, still, you know, goes for I, by the time I got it, I want to say it was like it was still like thirty, forty bucks. This is quite a few years ago. Um, but once again, though, that's almost like new game price. Like, to me, yeah, like, it could be a new game price. It is an older game, but if it's a good game, it's worth it. And it's still a game we've had failed, you know, Kickstarters, you know, to, mm-hmm. to make a follow up to it, and it's still such a, a, a revered game. But seeing that, uh, even before I realized that that was like the first M-rated game. There was a game I had too called Geist. Oh um, yeah, I forgot about it was, that. It was one I picked up for five bucks. It was after I had my Wii, and anytime I saw you know a cool looking GameCube game that I didn't have on anything else, I'd pick it up. And like actually, I didn't know Geist was an exclusive GameCube game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just assumed it was on everything else. Uh, but wasn't no. that wasn't that like a first person like kind of like ghost like shooter? Yeah, yeah, it was ghost. Like you got separated, you could possess uh, people animals, uh, items, uh, but it was also kind of a first-person shooter, so you had some, you know, different elements mixed in, but it was actually the second M-rated game uh, Mm. for Nintendo, you know? So it's like, you can have, I guess those two, and then of course, you know, know, Resident Evil would be, you know, M-rated, but, you know, as much as you, like you said, it was known as kind of a kiddie system at times, like, it really wasn't. You you had to jump out, because you got to remember, like I said, to me, this is still such an amazing time of having, you know, GameCube, PS2, Xbox. You had three fully competing systems. Yeah, um, they. That, that's the thing. Like, we look at the look at the Series X and the PS5. Both are very similar consoles. Where, like, 
the GameCube, the Xbox, and PS2 all had their own identity, and unfortunately, you know, with the the whole kitty moniker thing with the GameCube, I think it all came down to like the design. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because when it first came out, it was in one color, I believe, and it was this indigo. And to see like this purple box compared to the sleek PS2 and the you know really huge massive Xbox, I mean. Folks back then were looking at the GameCube like a Fisher-Price toy, and I'm like, no, 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 it's actually really, really cool. And um, what was really interesting, too, was, you know, this was 2001, and all the way to 2005, you know, the video game market started going online. Uh, You know, we started having Xbox Live, you know, PS2 had, you know, a network adapter, um... and GameCube was kind of behind on that as well, and I, I think that might have been another hindrance because there were a couple of games that you could connect to a network like uh, Mario Kart Double Dash. You could, or, or I believe, yeah, it was just Mario Kart Double Dash. It's the only game I could think of, other than like maybe Fantasy Star Online, that you could go online and play with your friends. Uh, but Nintendo did something a little different. Nintendo, being Nintendo, thinking outside the box, decided to. Find a way to link your Game Boy Advance to your GameCube. And it was a very unique experience because we had games like Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. I remember playing that with the with the Game Boy Advance where you had like your own screen and it was really fun. I remember playing that. Also, uh, exclusive stuff with Animal Crossing, with the e-cards. You remember the e-card reader? Oh, man. Like, that, was, yeah. that was crazy stuff back then. Even two Four Swords. Now, Four Swords is just oh, yeah. a bonus. That's a bonus nowadays. That was its full-on game. Yeah. And that was another one you could, you know, connect on to that. Um, they really did. Like I said, it was an interesting time. And like I said, you know, they foregoed the, uh, you know, DVD player. Whereas the other companies, Sony, Microsoft, you know, they went in with it. Nintendo, they just had to focus on games. And... We did have a cool, you know, some accessories you mentioned with the GBA. They also had the GBA player. Which is amazing. Um, still sought after yeah. you know, uh, to this day. And it's like one of the main things always missing is that disc when people try to look for it. Um, and even though we kind of went out of, like, you know, like light guns, uh, those kind of faded off. <laughs> the, I freaking, thought, the freaking microphone for Odama uh-huh. on the GameCube. Oh my god. You, you guys that are listening want to play one of the most unique games on the GameCube. Get a copy of Odama and the microphone. It's like a samurai shokun pinball machine game where you're using the microphone. Mixed with real-time strategy. <laughs> it was so weird, but it was so Nintendo. That's the thing about it. So it's like sadly, yeah, that was like one of, one of the few that, that used that. But it was cool like when you got the game that came with the microphone. Mm-hmm. Um, it, just very awesome. And, uh, you know, I'd say, too, like I mentioned, like during this time of competition, uh, people talk about exclusives, you know, now. Where sometimes you'll see, you know, it's like well, that one system, you know, and PlayStation, you know, seems to be kind of the king of more of the exclusives. But during this time, you know, I was talking with Geist, how like, you know, that was only on you know, GameCube, not like that was like a huge game, but even with wrestling, we -hmm. had three different series going on. I've mentioned this before and it's still one of the most amazing times, you know, to me, because we had SmackDown, the PlayStation, you had uh, raw one, two and WrestleMania 20, I believe it was on the Xbox and then GameCube. Also they had uh, WrestleMania 18, 
19 and they had day of reckoning one and two uh and these were like i said exclusive only on there like you could have all these systems and if you're a wrestling fan like you'd want to get all these games now now i'm gonna ask you james because i didn't play a whole lot of wrestling games at that at this point wcw had shut down so i wasn't really into wrestling as much Mm -hmm. uh so i'm gonna ask you were the GameCube game like wrestling games? Did they capture that that feeling from the N sixty four golden times? I mean, were they? No, were they, no they <laughs> no. didn't. No, okay. Not for me. <laughs> uh, interesting, interesting fact though. I looked up was like a Ukes, and it was the first game they did for the GameCube. Uh, you know, was um, the I can't remember if the Ukes actually started with the WrestleMania eighteen or the Day of Reckoning. I won't say they did them all, but they actually. Uh, had some developers from AKI mm-hmm. uh, come on board because uh, even though Ukes was doing SmackDown, they wanted a different feel for the Nintendo series. And they did try to capture, and like when you, when you read about the game, you'll see how you know it, it tried to have that play style of No Mercy and those games on the 64. Uh, just it, to me, even when I play them now, um, and, and like I have all of them, which is cool. I managed to find them all like pretty cheap. And I'll pop one in, and uh, it just it doesn't have that like, oh man, I know what the hell I'm doing right away. Uh, yeah. Whereas like the Japanese games on 64, I had never played, and that was just like automatic. Oh man, I'm in it, like I'm good. Uh, like I said, they tried. They do have a, a like a slightly similar style, and I did enjoy some of the things they did. Um, you know, they'd have like some you know cool story modes. We started seeing yeah. more of those around that time. And the one on WrestleMania uh, 19, they had this uh, where you get fired pretty much and you you go back to exact revenge. And you're doing these really weird missions uh, like in warehouses and um, there's something, I don't know, it's like a big frigate or something out in the ocean and you're on this uh, big contraption, which uh, if you actually beat it during the story and you're fighting construction workers and things like that, it's pretty. That's, that's interesting. That's so interesting. But you unlock this massive cage out in the middle of the ocean. Um, <laughs> and it, it, it's almost too big, but like you can have a four-player fight in this cage, and you're all over the place, uh, and it's still one of the best memories ever of uh, I because you could break away parts of the floor uh, oh, wow. within this gigantic. And this has like three, four levels to this structure you can fight on. But we're on the bottom, and... Um, it, you were breaking away the cage, and uh, I hit one friend with a power bomb right on top. It broke through. Uh, my other friend's knockdown carcass was also on the platform, and they both fell down into the ocean. And uh, oh, that's so that's, cool! That's one of my favorite memories. I just I love fighting in this cage, but it's like it's bad because if, if you have this game and you want to unlock the cage just to you know play with your friends, it's it's very hard. Um, the missions. Because uh, we'd have my, my one friend, Mike, uh, who always had the GameCube. He usually had to do most of the work because he's very, very good at games, even like the really hard stuff. <laughs> and fighting these construction workers on these job sites in this wrestling game is, is very tough. And like oh I said, it, it's, it sounds bad, but once you get the cage unlocked, uh, it, it was great. But then it still had the normal you know, ladder matches, cage matches. Um, but just to see so many different versions at that time i like i miss that so much because now it's just wwe smackdown yeah yeah it's like we have smackdown we have a couple other you know uh you know you you, you always have fire pro that was still great and uh you know we have the uh 
the the retro championship game coming out soon or next year. Yeah, then we got <laughs> we also had the AEW game right around the horizon. Hopefully, yeah, that, uh, we talked about that last time. So yep. hopefully, we'll see at least some different ones. But at that time, having three different WWE games was just insane. It's like, man, I don't think there'll ever be you know another time like quite like that. Yeah, and, and one one of the things too about the GameCube that uh, really sticks out in my mind was this was the first console that we had a legit, awesome, first-party wireless controller. And I'm talking about the GameCube uh, WaveBird. I, oh, man, I remember, even though that controller didn't support Rumble, it was still like a must-have, and still a must-have for folks who still enjoy playing on the GameCube. That is something they always sought after, even with uh, you know the Switch, because the Switch does have a, a GameCube adapter that was released with the Wii U with Smash. You can hook your GameCube controllers up to your Switch, and many folks are like, if I'm going to play Smash Brothers Ultimate, I want to play it with a WaveBird controller. Uh, the GameCube controller, uh, it can be very subjective. I, I know some people weren't big fans of it. I, I really enjoyed it, other than the really small D-pad. I didn't, yeah, I, that I, was I, the tiniest defense. <laughs> and you know, if you're playing games like uh, Capcom versus SNK, uh, the Millennium Edition, or or Part Two, I believe those were the ones that were on uh, the GameCube. If you're playing those and you want to play with a D-pad, you're kind of like you're kind of shit out of luck because that D-pad was just it was tough, it was small, and it was For really being the king of the D-pad. Exactly. You know, originally, they really kind of failed on that. They one. dropped the uh, ball on that one. So I mean. Other than that, I really enjoy the feeling of the GameCube. I love the the two bumpers, uh, they how they kind of just sunk in. I like the fact that you know the the B and the A button had their own feeling, like it was a, a very very much a controller that you didn't have to look down to, to to see what you were doing. Like you just you knew exactly how to hold it and how to play it, and it worked out for so many games. Unfortunately, fighting games. Not so much, which was really interesting because we actually saw Link in Soul Calibur 2, and that's still like the version of Soul Calibur 2 that people enjoyed the most, even though they had Spawn on the Xbox and uh, what was it, Hayashi on on, uh, the PS2 version. Uh, Folks still really enjoyed the GameCube version for having Link because that was just, that was really, really interesting to see a Nintendo first party character in a Namco Bandai fighting game like that. That was. Wow, yeah, we got to have a you know a few different exclusives like that. Um, what was the? Uh, was there another one that had like Yoda, Vader, and uh, was that was that on another Soul Calibur game? I remember. It no, no, I think that was Star Wars Battlefront or Battlefield. Yeah. No, no, it was some kind of fighting game. I remember it that might have like been Yoda. I thought it was a Soul Calibur. Um, it might have been. Yeah, I could be. <laughs> There's so many, but like I said, that was still the product of that time. Like, yeah. You know, of having those different versions and those exclusive characters was really cool. Um, talking about the controller, too. I And I know some people like don't necessarily like the clickiness. Like, I'm not a fan of the clicks on the uh, R and L. Um, but still, like, if you get a good GameCube controller, it still feels so nice. And uh, I would say, too, being a controller fan... As far as the GBA attachment, um, Hori, I think, made the original, but there has been some knockoff, you know, versions of it, which are still cool. But they did make a like a standalone controller for GBA games. That was oh, I used like to have a, one of those. Yeah, set up like a more like a Super NES style one. Um, those are EJ really actually. sought after too. 
he gave me one that, um, like I said, it's not the like hoary one, but he gave me one, and it was like I was really hoping, like I was like, oh man, I'm gonna play a GameCube game. It was like, oh damn it, like it doesn't have like the C stick and stuff, you know, and the, and the sticks. But that would it's that would still probably really nice looking. That would probably be a good alternative for the fighting games. Uh, come to think about it, because it did have a better D pad. But I remember getting that controller back when I worked at Babbage's. And I remember buying it and my coworkers being like, why are you getting that? And I'm like, I want to get it on the Game Boy Player to play Castlevania, Aria of Sorrow, and Harmony of Dissonance and Circle of the Moon. Because uh, that was that was the way I played those games. I played it on the Game Boy Player and I used that controller and it was perfect. It was wonderful. I, like, I almost wonder like if there's some way, and like it's probably not, but it's like, I wonder if that one would like plug in you know with the attachment you know oh, you could use if you could use it for anything else that um, would yeah that would probably work i don't i don't see why it wouldn't work that would be oh man so, it would whoever's want it to we yeah whoever's to work, listening so <laughs> whoever's listening we have an experiment for you guys if you have the hori or even the knockoff game boy advance controllers for the uh gamecube hook it up to your switch tell us if it works leave a comment below we'd love to hear that I'm really curious now. Yeah, I'm gonna say like I have the attachment that went to the man, the one that went to the Wii. I think with the yeah, that, smash. Yeah, that would work on the Switch. That so maybe I can try that out myself. Yeah, try it actually. out and then see because even man, even if you could <laughs> use that for like Super NES or the eight bit games. Oh, that'd be uh, perfect. Ah, uh, it's not gonna work, man. It's too cool. It's not gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was such a cool concept, though. I mean. But yeah, they they had like little stuff like that, and uh, I will say one of my biggest disappointments with the GameCube uh, was the Mega Man collections. I love the I love Mega Man collect the Mega Man collections. I remember, man, you know, people talk about Mega Man now, like we always loved it. I remember I pre-ordered Mega Man X collections on the GameCube, and I was the only person in that whole store that pre-ordered it. Like, You've been the me- only pre-order. I was the only pre-order for Shadowgate '64, <laughs> <laughs> but I was the only one. And I remember, I as much as I love those collections, as much as I, I love those games, the GameCube versions for some reason had the button switched. Um, so like the B and the A button were switched from the original, and it was really, really tough to kind of get back into that groove. And that's really the only when when I think about the GameCube, that's really the only disappointment that I had with the console. Other than that. I mean, I loved, you know, playing Pikmin and even Star Fox Adventures is super underrated. You gotta throw out Star Wars, man. Um, oh, the, the Rogue the, Squadron 2 and yeah. 3. Yeah, those like, were awesome. Those, those were big, and it's like, you know, Star Wars, you know, you had more of the movies, you know, out, and there was a resurgence in the games, and those were, you know, exclusive to there. Uh, I had to throw out another favorite wrestling game of mine, which... Man, I had a, a bid on eBay, and I just I didn't check my emails. I, it's like I put in a bid, and because uh, it's what I would have got. But Ultimate Muscle. Oh GameCube. yeah, that was a good uh, one. Everyone has the old little pink, you know, muscle figures. Um, they had a slight resurgence with like a cartoon. They had a few games, and uh, AKI. Th- this was the continuance. Um, AKI kind of disappeared after the '64, and Ukes took over, but AKI did ultimate muscle and they also you know took over they did the death jam games which were mm-hmm. also available on gamecube and they were available on you know every system at that time but ultimate muscle was only on gamecube and uh they did have another muscle game on ps2 it's not as good but the only reason these games are good is because aki did them now 
it it's somehow it's so comical and it's uh it just has a different feel uh overall but it still kind of plays to me that gave me a little bit more semblance to the 64 games uh and it's like if you're a fan of 64 games you played old muscle like you'll probably get what i'm saying but like if you just grab yeah. ultimate muscle you might be like the hell are you talking about you, you kind of had to you know go from playing one into the other like i think to fully get it but um cell shading that was a big thing and uh quite a few games around that time and it yeah. had the cell shade graphics which just made it give it that ultimate cartoony look and it, it just it played good it was so over the top and weird but it still had a great feel to it and uh, yeah it's i actually, used to i used to watch the cartoon they they used to have the Saturday morning cartooning on on yeah. uh, Fox TV or Fox Kids TV. I used to watch that, and uh, you mentioned Ultimate Muscle. I was like, oh shit, I totally forgot about that game. That game's like really sought after now, though. Well, it's, yeah, it's that rare. Game, d- disc only um, can go sixty seventy. Actually, I had like I said, I had a complete one on bid. It ended up selling, I think, for like sixty bucks, maybe. And it was like that was a bad thing. It was just I didn't check my emails. Like I could have got it. Because I was just like, I'll just, I don't bid hardly on anything on eBay. And I was just like, I bid on this. And like I said, I forgot about it. I could have got this damn thing because I had a price in my mind. It was like, I will pay up to that much. Uh, Because I just, I would love to have it again. Because, you know, it's just, it's not, it's like kind of like lost in time. Well, Uh, like I said, PS2 one definitely is, it's fun, but it's, it's not as good. And also, it lost that cell shade graphics. It just had more of a regular like 3D look, and it just didn't. It's just kind of like ugly looking, like to me. But that cell well, shade on that game, was so awesome. Well, I was about to say now, James, uh, when you get a Series X, uh, I can play it. You can play it because it plays GameCube games. I actually, Man. I do have Ultimate Muscle on my modded Wii U. I do, I do have that game, and uh, yeah, it was it was really really good. And um, trying trying to think of some other uh, other interesting GameCube moments. I mean, they had all the different colors, uh, you know, the platinum, the black, the indigo. They also had that weird spice orange kind of look that I actually really liked oh, yeah. for some reason. I like. Hey, it. did you ever play with the um, thinking of accessories and such? You ever play with Donkey Konga? Yes, like the bongo drums. Yes. I remember, oh, God, I, I kind of got turned off on that game, though, because we did, at the time I was working at Babbage's, we did have a Donkey Konga uh, kiosk, Ugh. and that, that kind of turned me off because, you know, kids would just randomly come in and just go full John Bonham on the bongos and then run out of the store when their parents would be like, what the hell are you doing in here? <laughs> we did get, and they ended up on the, the Wii later, but lots of fun uh, Mario sports games. I mean, we had, like, really mm-hmm. great Mario Golf. Uh, Mario Baseball, the soccer game. Yeah, I was about to say like, the, the Strikers, the soccer game was. Oh my god, that was that was a really good one. And one I found I thought was pretty interesting. I actually never played this one, uh, but it was called Road Trip Arcade. Um, it's part of the ch- I don't know, it's Koro Choro Q. It was a, a line of toy cars in Japan. Uh, this game was also on the PS2 as Road Trip Adventure. Um, I cannot put it. I don't know, like Beetle Adventure Racing is such a fun game, um, mm-hmm. and and it's not quite up there with that. But it has this. It's this odd mixture of uh, kind of like a G, well, I don't know if GTA is the right word, but it, these cars are very interactive. Like you had like little missions, 
and uh, oh, that's so you'd cool. end up doing races. You'd interact with other cars. They all kind of talk to each other. You'd take on, you know, side quests. So it's very kind of an open world race game, but all, you know, based around, it, you know, kind of what I'd call these little like penny racer cars. They were ones like you pulled back and they, you know, run forward. That was the actual toy these games were based on. Uh, but the series came out, the, the Road Trip Arcade had weapons so uh and like i didn't play this one but i'm thinking maybe they tried to incorporate um you know a little bit more you know uh, battle card like yeah that was action yeah because that was big at the time the combat racing games that but it was one the one on ps2 was like a it was one of those taller games Mm -hmm. that you could still you know uh find back then and you're kind of like yeah what is this 20 bucks i'll try it out it's very kind of like cutesy game but very calm was one of the uh, I just like I have good memories of playing that one. It was just a very just kind of like chill game, kind of to me on the level like like a Katamari. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had some good music in the background, and you could just kind of relax and play it. And like there wasn't really anything that would stress you out too much. Though racing games can be like a little bit stressful. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> like I said, that was definitely a fun one. Like I said, I learned that one was you know only on GameCube, and it's one like I'm just like I I, I might try to. Uh, well, maybe I'll emulate it if I get the the Xbox, or maybe I'll try to buy the disc and uh, play it on my Wii. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And, uh, you know, because we're running short on time, I will say, uh, the folks that are listening, if you have a GameCube memory, uh, be sure to leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you guys, and you can leave a comment on my Twitter as well. You can follow me on Twitter at XS Gaming Podcast on Twitter. And uh, now we're going to get into games we've been playing. Uh, my list is kind of short, James, because it's just been very, very busy. Uh, when I do have free time, I've been playing uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. I'm about, I'm on chapter 5, and I'm already like 17, 18 hours into it. Uh, I found the, I just got to the point where you have to do the management mini game, and that's been taking a lot of my time. It's very, it, I'll say this, the management system at first is kind of hard to follow, but once you get the hang of it, it's a lot of fun. Like, cause I guess it's kind of like the uh, the hostess bar thing. Yeah, Zero. yeah. It's kind of like one of those things. Like, you know, they make you play it at first. Like, you have to do it to progress through the game, and you're just kind of like, oh. But once you get the hang of it, you're just like, oh man, I want to go back and play that. Also, um, doing the the hero missions, you have like this hero thing that you work for this guy, and you do various things around the town. Rather, it's saving somebody or helping someone out. Uh, been doing that, and you get all sorts of you know loot and prizes, and so that's been taking a lot of my time, and it's kind of nice because I was reading a, a guide because I was wanting to see how long Chapter Five was, and I went on the guide, and they're like, yeah, you know, after you're done with this and you go to Chapter Six, make sure you're on you know level seventeen at least because Chapter Six you're going to go through all the. I'm like, wow, I'm already on level twenty four right now, <laughs> <laughs> so I've just been grinding and playing it. Such a great game, I. Uh, James, have you had a chance to to really dive into Like a Dragon lately? No, I honestly have not played it since uh, the last episode. I actually have not played anything in between work going yeah. on. And just um, it's like it's when I get home, like I've literally been watching like Bob's Burgers, and um, <laughs> I finally gave in and uh, I started because. Uh, Right before December hit, like if a, a we were watching through a series, like a Christmas episode would come on, I'd be like, "Ugh, no, no!" I'm like, "I can't, I can't do it." But I finally gave in because my wife was uh, watching The Office, um, 
because we have shows we watch together and then there'll be things we watch, you know, if someone's not there and there was a Christmas episode of the office and it, oh, it, it yeah. caught me and, um, I, I went back and watched that and then I watched some Christmas episodes of Bob's burgers. I watched a Christmas episode of uh, step by step. Anybody remembers that? Oh Lord. Fucking show. Yeah. Fucking roller coasters. Hulu has a, <laughs> like a section where you can just, uh, pick out you know christmas episodes i I did this before like i watched like home improvement christmas episodes but uh if i can find uh you know like a christmas episode of some old show like i'll end up watching it and uh that's mostly been what i'm watching uh and i have a couple ones like i probably gonna end up you know watching like uh krampus that was uh i finally saw that like a year or so ago and uh I, I try to get into. I kind of have to dive into the Christmas spirit, or else yeah. it's just like it gets me. I'm sure I'll end up watching the, uh, you know, Peanuts at some point. Um, and hopefully, like once Christmas is over, I can get back to playing some games again. But it's just it's been really brutal. So as oh, yeah. soon as I get off work, it's like hang out with my wife, and we'll just like watch kind of, something. Kind of just decompress a little bit. Yeah. Because, I mean, even even playing video games, I mean, that's a great stress reliever, but sometimes you just got to be in the mood to play video games. I think everyone, including yourself and whoever's listening, like, sometimes you just got to be in the game mood in order to play games. At least that's how it is for me. Uh, like, I, I mentioned that I've played about 18 hours so far of Like a Dragon, but that's since the game came out. Since the tenth, I haven't had you know a whole lot of time. It's to November. Just, yeah, I haven't had a whole lot <laughs> of time to sit. Later, almost. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot of time to sit down and just play the hell out of it. Uh, so when I do, I, I I've actually been like scheduling myself to have those days where I just sit there and just play like a dragon. Like uh, last Friday, um, my girlfriend was at work. I was at the house by myself, and I'm like, okay, I got nothing else to do. I'm gonna play like a dragon. You know, once I was done with everything around the house. And uh, other than that, I mean, I've been playing, uh, you know, Mario 35, because that's a game that me and me and Kimberly can just pick up and play, and we put down, we, that's almost like our nightly ritual now. Before we go to sleep, we both get our Switches out and play Mario 35. Um, but, I mean, other than that, uh, the other game I've been playing a little bit, because I've been wanting to get a little bit more in the Christmas spirit, uh, is playing an RPG I've never played before, and that was uh, Parasite Eve. I started playing Parasite Eve yeah. on my tablet. I've never played it before, and you know what? It's aged really well. I was like, wow, this is actually not a bad game. And, uh, of course, I mean, it's Parasite Eve, but, you know, hearing about the game and then going and playing it years later can be two different things right there because sometimes games don't age too well, and you, as a new player, you're kind of like, oh, I can... I was kind of worried that it would have, like, the tank controls and all that, and it doesn't, <laughs> which I was really happy with. The, the fighting system is very snappy. It's very, you know, reminiscent of, like, a turn-based Resident Evil. And it's not a long game. I'm actually working on a video right now of talking about short JRPGs. Because I think a lot of folks that love JRPGs uh, right now may not have the time to play them. Or maybe they've always wanted to play JRPGs, but kind of felt a little apprehensive or over-intimidated by, like, Oh, yeah, this game's awesome. It's 300 hours plus. I mean... I hear a game that's 300 hours plus. I don't want to touch it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm like, that was like one of my, and going back, and like, I wish there was like a like a Christmas version because that's still one of my favorite ones. And, uh, you know, over time I've kind of grown. Like, RPGs are tough for me, but like Costume Quest, 
Yeah. Um, was still, oh man, dude, I, I, I love that one so much to have some repetitiveness to it. But sometimes it's like, man, that would be great to have like a Christmas version of uh, Costume Quest to sit back and play because it was so, it like to me, it just it, it grabbed all that stuff, but it was short. You know, it's like you went yeah. there for three thousand hours. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Kimberly and I overslept because what we were planning on doing because today was her birthday. So I was like, oh, before you go into work, we got to go on your Animal Crossing and see what the villagers do because they celebrate your birthday, and. Yeah. Um, we unfortunately we we missed our alarm and we woke up at like thirty minutes before she had to get ready for work, so she had to run out of the house. And I'm like, oh man, I just now it's remembered like you, that you slept in like uh, Kevin McCallister's <laughs> parents. <laughs> the only thing that woke us up was her upstairs neighbor was like thumping something. It sounded like she was dancing on clogs. And I remember my alarm went off at like nine thirty. And I hit snooze, but I accidentally hit the wrong snooze, and I fell back asleep, and I woke up hearing this thumping, and I looked at the clock, and I'm like, honey, it's 10.15. She's like, you're kidding. I'm like, no. And it was it was the best alarm we ever had because both of us woke up wide-eyed and bushy-tailed because we were in a panic trying to get ready for work and stuff. But It was um, just like Home Alone. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> it missed the – all it needed was the uh, the music in the background. That's all it needed. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I think this concludes another episode of XS Gaming Podcast, and hopefully, uh, I'm yeah, I'm gonna hit up Ryan uh, very soon because we're gonna be working on some sort of Christmas episode before this month's over. Rather, it's talking about Christmas or just having fun. But we gotta get Ryan on and hopefully talk about Outrage. That's what I that's what I really want to do. Maybe have like a Yakuza gangster mafia Christmas episode. I <laughs> yeah. Uh, very cool. <laughs> I mean, Yakuza 5 does take place during Christmas. Man. Yeah, it is a Christmas game. That was game. so great, man. I probably need to go play Yakuza 5. It was fun around during Christmas time. Oh, Just yeah. Made me, it made me feel better back then. <laughs> See, seeing the Christmas lights in Komorocho. It was great. Indeed, indeed. And again, guys, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a review, leave us a rating on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify. Also, if you want to listen to archived episodes or if you want to hear more about what I've been playing because I did release a new episode of Play and Tell, uh, you can check out my YouTube t- channel at youtube.com slash Scullion. And also, you can follow me on Twitter at XS Gaming Podcast. And lastly, if you want to join our XS Gaming Podcast Facebook group page, go on facebook.com slash groups slash XS Gaming Podcast. Anyway, guys, hope you have a wonderful day. And as always... Happy gaming. Have a pleasant evening and uh, play uh, Road Trip Arcade or something. And watch Outrage. Yes, that too. (laughs) We could add that in there. (laughs) 